Hello everyone, welcome back to the Shintaro Higashi Show. Today we're going to talk about developing your own judo, period. That's right. Um, yep. So helping your own judo. We've Exciting talked stuff. about a lot. We we've talked a lot about fundamentals, how to develop your you know the fundamentals for your judo. But now yep. it's a bit of a more advanced topic where you build on top of those fundamentals you've built. Yeah. It's a Vincent concept. Right? Yeah, but you don't have to be an advanced player to kind of start developing your system. Right, right. right. I think if you already have the structure in mind and you have an idea of what mm -hmm. right your judo should look like, then even as a beginner, you could get a lot out of something like this. Right. So you're very approaching uh, a judo in a very systematic way, like kind systematic of, way. Yeah, yep. yeah. So, so let's start from there first. Like, what's uh, how do you? treat how do you take judo as a system and then try to mm. find your own style yeah that's a very good what question that, what does that mean yeah yeah so system first right it's a thing that you know later on in my career i started really really giving a lot of thought and mm. a lot of times judo is taught in a way where it's like here's a sotogari here's right. a uchigari outside trip inside trip here's an arm throw here's a tile here's a hip throw go mm. try it and then you put two people in a room you teach them how to fall you teach them how some of these fundamentals work and the mechanics. And they're like, go, go, go work at it. Right. And then two people put their hands on and try to throw each other. Right. And that's really uh, how it went for a very, very long time. You know, mm -hmm. that's just how it was taught. Judo was taught for many, many years. Right. And, you know, you spend five hours a day doing it, you know, for 20 years, you're going to get good. You're just intuitively <laughs> yeah. going to get good. And you're going to build right. this unconscious knowledge. Right. You just kind of know the nuances, the movements. Like you just can't anticipate people's attacks. Right. Like the system just arises yeah. organically. Yeah, you create a system. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Arises organically. So, you know, when you have someone who's been through that system and you ask them like, hey, how do you do your Taitoshi? Mm -hmm. They may do their Taio in like four or five different ways, you know, four right. or five different setups, four or five different scenarios, right? Mm -hmm. From losing position, winning position, right? Different combinations leading into that attack. Right, right. But they can't really explain it because they do it so intuitively. Mm-hmm. Right, so they just go in and say, "Hey, uh, I go like this. I pull the hand here, I pull the hand there, and I step across and I throw them." It's like, mm. really, dude, is that really what you do? You know? So, yeah, yeah, that's uh, developing the judo system. Something that can be taught, something that can be looked at, and you could observe it. Right, right, and intelligently speak about. That's the sort of a judo system. I see. I see. I think. Yeah. So, but. It at the end of the day, you still have to. Important thing to remember is that you still need to know the basics and the fun, have a fo solid foundation. Yeah. To build on top, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you need to know, but I don't think you need to do. You know, some people say, "Oh, you have to drill this move a thousand times a day," right. or you have to do this. I don't really believe in that, right? Because there's only so much you gain out of making right. the shape of a technique with a cooperating, cooperating opponent. Right, right, right. So a lot of your training should be one-handed judo, two-handed judo, uh, attacking from losing positions, bailout techniques, com combinations, things like that. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's that's what I mean about systems. Having a system like protocols, right? Two or three options when uh, you get out gripped to the right and mm -hmm. the right versus right, and when you get out gripped right versus left. Right? What does it look like when you're getting out gripped? Mm -hmm. Right. Can you recognize that you're in losing position? Can you recognize that if you're losing and there's a frame, right side versus left side, that you can't go tile from there? Uh-huh. You need to do other things, right? So, so it's more like a more efficient and directed way of getting better at judo, in a way. Yeah, yeah. definitely, for sure. Yeah. Definitely, for sure. Yeah. Right. All right. So then we, we, we kind of have an uh, idea of what a judo system is. 
and yeah. why it's important. What, let's start with just like the standard system that everyone kind of mm. has. And then we'll go from like, we'll go to diversification of that later. Yeah. Yeah. So, right, what, so what does that look like? Yeah. Okay. So obviously break falls and all this stuff and safety mm. and hygiene. Gi, that's like without, goes without saying. Right. We've already, this is something that you already know. If you don't know any of that stuff, right, there's, you know. <laughs> there's an episode uh, we, we did. Yeah, Dojo that's so we did. Yeah, don't yeah. don't check that out. Yeah. So you have the basic idea. You know a couple of techniques. You're walking in fundamentals of judo to build your system. The building block should be right side versus right side, mm-hmm. right side versus left side. What does mm-hmm. that look like? Mm-hmm. Knowing when you're winning, when you're losing. Right, right. Right, right side versus left side is a little bit more tricky, mm-hmm. right? Because you have inside configuration and outside configuration with the lapel hand. Mm-hmm. Inside, inside, outside. And each one of those has a certain strategy, mm-hmm. right? When you're on the outside, what do you do? When you're on the inside, what do you do? Right? right. And I'm not saying inside is better than outside. Some people always say that, but it really depends on your style, your system, right? Mm-hmm. And your preferences. So right. that's the fundamental first, just in positionally speaking, mm-hmm. right? And then you're looking at the indiv- individual techniques. Right. Yeah. So, just so, so you're kind of starting from different grip fighting positions, Grip and fighting position, yeah. Not even grip fighting. I just want to say like two versus two hand positions. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, like uh, yeah. Just like standard two versus two. Like you, you're not trying to break off the grips or anything like that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Nice. Two versus two. That's fundamental, right? Mm. Right. 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 Right versus so, right. Right versus left. So then, so you, you so basically try to start from the like the broad stroke and then try to trick it in uh, like in the de- in the detailed way later is that yes okay yes yeah and this is the beauty of judo right right uh what, are the, what is a crazy statistic like most people in the world are right-handed right, right i don't right. know what it is right so it's like but you don't need to be right-handed to do right side of judo you don't need to be left-handed to do left side of judo that's the beauty of judo because a lot of this right. stuff is not intuitive right 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 so, so you gotta start from the scr- from scratch anyway. You can start from scratch yeah. anyway, but if you let's just say box uh-huh. as a southpaw and you lead leg with your right, you wrestled yeah. right, lead leg yeah. right, then maybe you should do judo lead leg right. I see, and then right? on the left side, yeah. Or if you played a turning sport and you're comfortable turning to one side over and over, okay, uh-huh. so that should be the side that you turn to because naturally right. you feel stronger turning to that side. Or right. maybe you're a snowboarder and you could only snowboard with your left foot forward. Okay, mm-hmm. you know maybe that's something to consider too. Right. right, but right-handed, left-handed shouldn't really matter too much when you're developing a judo style, which mm. going right side or left side. I think mm. that's just my opinion. Right? You th- you think um, since uh, most people are right-handed, um, you think it's kind of a, a advantage to learn judo on the left side? Yeah, I do. Well, if yeah. you're in the United States, I see. Oh. If you're in the United States, yeah. If you go to Japan or something, it's half and half almost. Oh, judo really? Style. Yeah. yeah. There's a discrepancy there, right? I mean, if 90% of the people in Japan are right-handed, but 50% of the people are doing judo left-sided, there's a reason for that. Is it, are they like naturally left-sided or do they do some teachers like kind of recommend? Depends, man. I've yeah. known people who do this trick where you're standing. It's like you get a kid and then mm. they make him face the other way and they shove yeah. him. And then whichever foot that they step forward with first, it's like, okay, that's your lead leg from now on. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I've heard people do that. Yeah. I've heard small dojos do like 
Okay, March. Anybody new comes in, starts as lefties. Anybody new comes in that starts uh, in April, going to be righties. Wow. Uh, I've heard whack. that too. Wow. I've heard that too. Yeah. You know, uh, and there's some merits to that too, right, from a dojo right. standpoint because you had even number of right side and left side. Right, you know, right. Even at my dojo, we were so skewed to the right because it's a lot easier to teach right versus right. Right, right. Right versus us is a little bit more complicated. A lot more judo happens. Uh-huh. Because right, right versus right, you're turning into each other. As opposed to right versus left, you're turning in the same direction. Mm. So a lot of this misdirection stuff and then creating that post in the frame and the shoulder turn, right. that stuff gets a lot more mm-hmm. intricate and interesting. Right. I see. So yeah. then, so you, you have this uh, broad, broad idea of what you want to do in these big situations, right versus right, right versus left, whatever. So do you yeah. recommend developing your judo system uh, as the next step? Um, like going into grips, grip fightings, or like try to come up with throws you could do in those situations? I think grip fighting is, is much later on. Okay, I, I see. I think it's one of the most overlooked aspects uh, of judo. Uh, You're trying to teach a beginner how to do grip fighting, I think right. is wrong. And, you know, it's not wrong, right? People do right. it successfully. But I've right. seen people who focus too much on the grip fighting aspect and then just mm. winning position, winning position. And once they get to the winning position, they have no throwing ability because they never trained the throwing part. Right, right. right? You, don't want, you definitely don't want to develop your judo like that. I see. So the, yeah. on top of the fundamentals, it's, it's the throws, I guess. You were saying throws are more fundamental than grip fighting. Grip fighting is important, right? Because it's a yeah. precursor situation. If, without grip right. fighting, you're going to lose position every single time. Right, right. Right? But in the beginning, I don't think you should be doing randori anyway. I see. You're oh, not doing yeah. any randori. Mm. So I think a lot of it should be two-handed judo, right mm. versus right, right versus left. This is winning. This is losing. Here's mm. the, here are the attacks that you can do, and mm. it's going to be in, you know, back attack, right. forward attack left side attack right mm-hmm. so like a weak side attack a dominant side attack back and forward now you've already sort of covered the four four ways right 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 and you're also learning this while you're not doing any randori so all of a sudden you learn all this stuff you're drilling all this stuff and you go into randori against mm-hmm. the peter you mm-hmm. right and they can't do any of it right right but right but they can't even do it in a way where they could potentially hurt you or hurt themselves because you outgrip them every time mm-hmm so then it's like, whoa, what's going on here, mm. right? And maybe you let them put two hands on once or twice in the entire exchange, and that's their opportunity to go for something. Mm-hmm. But you're ready for it, right? right. So in that case, you, there's no risk for you, and there's no risk to the person actually doing judo randori. I see. Oh, so the a, entire system uh. is devised in a way where it minimizes risk from randori, which is the most dangerous thing you can do in judo. Right, right. Right. I that see. way, it takes a long time to learn this stuff. Uh-huh. They look at this system. They're like, oh, this is fascinating. This is interesting. This is uh-huh. how it works theoretically. Let me try it. And they're drilling it. And now when they go to do it against someone much higher in rank, uh-huh. they have no clue what, why it doesn't work. And that will kind of motivate yeah. them to develop their system yeah. further. Or they then. could just be demoralized by Peter. I- and they quit. <laughs> <laughs> right? Hopefully not. <laughs> I try yeah. to make it fun. So, so yeah. but then that's that's the idea. Then it's like, okay, you know, uh, why doesn't any of this stuff work? Right. And Peter, you can explain to them. It's like it's because of the positioning. I'm not letting you mm-hmm. fight in the positions that you've been comfortable right. fighting. Uh, right, right, right. And can they recognize it? Can they not recognize it? Some of that stuff is good for, you know, maybe they, they're just judo IQ, right? How much attention mm-hmm. that they're putting into it. And then you can learn a lot from the pl- person too. 
right, right? right. some people get frustrated at that and some people can kind of recognize that some mm-hmm. people just come harder right they just start mm-hmm. kicking you and going nuts mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden that sends like you know that throws up some red flags about said person learning journey. right 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 so it's a great lots of indicators there and lots of things you could learn from an athlete if you put him through that sort right. of a learning style that's like a critical learning period huh? like yeah. in, in your growth in the growth of yeah. your judo so okay so you got the say now you've got your fundamental throws down yep. you, you and know one thing about do. that yeah sorry to interrupt oh, no, talk, but if you teach them grip fighting too early on right and you get a yeah. big strong dude and they know and now yeah. they're flying their hands are flying at your face they're stabbing you in the eye they're throwing the hand over too hard uh, right and now it's like it's you're gonna have two people let's say white in a, a green belt or yellow yeah. in a green belt they're Rondori, their hands are gonna be flying Right, 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 right. How are they going to learn judo in that fearful state of the just in a frenzy of just hands going crazy? Mm-hmm. Can't. That's why I, I like to teach them in this way of like, okay, put two hands on first. Mm-hmm. But yes, there's a whole gripping strategy, right? And you I know they're, they're going to get exposure to the gripping because people are going to be talking they about watch, it. And I'm going to yeah. be talking about it. Yeah. And you yeah. know, in a couple months, um, right. this is like the first three months I'm talking about. Right, right. right. I see. Yeah. Got it. So, yeah. So then, so you got this uh, fundamental throws in very yeah. like basic positions that the start of your judo system. So then I know when you are learning throws, uh, and we talked about this, there are a lot of different styles of throws or, or judo throws around the world. Yeah. So, and then with the whole, ex, you know, explosion of judo content online, people will get, you know, exposed to these different kinds of throws that are not so similar to the standard one. So how do you think, when do you think it's appropriate for people to incorporate these different styles of throws into their own system and how? Well, I think uh, first you have to learn what your sensei is teaching you, right? And I finding, see. you know, your sensei is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could walk into a dojo and the guy has traditional Japanese judo and then you're like, ah, I saw this Georgian thing online, mm-hmm. you know, that Shintaro did on YouTube yeah. or something, yeah. right? And that's going to rub the guy the wrong way because he's right. the expert in the room, right? Yeah. He put in the time, he deserves your attention, right? Right, right. So all of a sudden you're saying like, nah, I don't believe this guy. I watch this guy on YouTube. He's better. Let me just learn from him. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So first, I think you really need to learn from your sensei. He's sensei for a reason, right? Uh-huh. And of course, there's a whole system of like, knowing whether your sensei is legit or not right right right? so like that takes a little bit of skill in itself Mm -hmm. but learn from that guy see what he has to say and then start building on that right Mm -hmm. maybe he's an expert in a technique that you know everyone in the dojo is good at right so So you learn first from that person so your system will look similar to your sensei system in the beginning Always. Yeah. So there's yeah. a sensei system, right? Yeah. Like, what does your sensei do? What is he teaching? And then mm. there's an overall vibe of, like, what are sort of the main systems that people do in this dojo, mm. right? Because whether the sensei teaches it or not, if some of the top dogs in the room mm-hmm. develop a certain style and they right. do certain techniques, they're going to teach it to the people below them. And then the people below them are going to start copying them. Mm. And now all of a sudden, right? You have right. an epidemic of Tanya Toshis in the room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, trying to absorb that. Mm. Right? And then, you know, of course, yeah, you could look online and you could start off with that. So everyone in the room is doing Tanya Toshi, going online and mm-hmm. looking at Tanya Toshi and studying it and, ha- you know, just taking as much information as you can about what other people have to say about that. Mm. That's going to refine yours. And then when you're watching something completely unrelated... 
how to stitch those two things together, how uh-huh. to blend those two things together, right? That's right. how you start really developing. Right, know. right. So, and then it might be the case that your sensei system is like Georgian or traditional Japanese and whatnot, yeah. but that's, yeah. that would be your starting point. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. So then, um, so we, we did talk about this, like how to learn uh, judo online and whatnot. But so briefly, like what, you're at this stage where you kind of learn the your sensei system and whatnot, and you want to kind of branch out, like get some inspiration yeah. from other things. So what what uh, what do you think people could do, especially with the, all the online content to integrate mm. these ideas? Yeah. So just basic standard. I actually just recently yeah. made a YouTube video. I just filmed it. I haven't put it, put it up yet. It's like how to build your judo system in three moves, mm-hmm. right? And you a lot of the turn throws are very similar. Ippon mm-hmm. Senagi, Morote Senagi, Tatoshi, just turning mm-hmm. movement, pulling movement, collar, hand, mm-hmm. right? All this stuff, mm-hmm. very, very similar. Footwork's very similar, whether you like it or not. Right, right. Right? So, back attack, forward attack, mm-hmm. weak side attack. Right. Right? And I think that, that's just uh, starting off with that to build your system. Mm-hmm. And I think it's very, very important. And then when you're watching YouTube or something like this, you want to pick these techniques that sort of go together right Mm -hmm. so people i think that's one of the most things that people reach out to me for on instagram right nyc like hey does this technique work together or does that technique work together Uh right and people just come up with uh you know three or four different techniques and they Uh send it and generally most of the time they do yeah right right um and that's how you want to sort of start with it and just give a basic idea like if you have two hands on uh You don't want to throw a one-handed technique in there because it's not going to integrate with the other techniques. Right, right. I see. Yeah. That require two hands on. So if you have two hands on, you have a weak side attack, right? A non-dominant mm. side attack, for instance, Sasai. Mm. And then I have a back attack with mm. the Ochi. And then I have a turn throw Tayo. Mm. Sasai, Ochi, Tayo. Right? Mm-hmm. Right versus right we're talking about. Right, Now right, all of a sudden you could fake Ochi, go Tayo. Fake Tayo, go Sasai. Go Sasai, Ochi, boom, create space, Tayo. Mm-hmm. Right? So when you're watching YouTube and stuff like that, first and foremost, watch my channel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then second, when you watch uh, somebody say like, hey, okay, this is how I do my harai or my turn throw, my headlock throw. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. how can this work with the back attack and the weak side attack mm-hmm. that I have? Right. So it's, right. It's, it's like, so now that you know the fundamentals, uh, you go in more into detail, I guess, like different positions, and then try to pick out a couple of a few throws for that specific position, and yeah. string them together. Yeah. And the stuff that's never on the YouTube mm-hmm. or the internet is the stuff that's not fun, right? For instance, right. like roll your shoulder to gain advantage and then snap the person down, right? Mm. It's a good, right? So you gain advantage and then you're breaking the person's posture quick to gain a reaction. Now you could attack Ochi right. or Kayo based on what they do after that, mm-hmm. right? And Hand advantage, snap down. Right. No one teaching that video specifically. Who's going to watch that? Because they want to shoulder, load. snap yeah. down, <laughs> you know, boring. It's like they want to, people want to watch right. like two judo techniques that no one can stop. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> So yeah. you have to kind of read in between the lines and sort of fill that right with your own mind. The whole context around the throw. Yeah, and then the absolutely. Con- the context right. is key, right? Right. Con- I can't preach that enough. So this is when you like uh, put 
some combinations together and then later like how to even get to the combinations by you know adjusting your position grip fighting and whatnot yeah yeah so then okay then would you recommend like working on your combinations first or, or grip fighting at this moment i say doing you know still not grip fighting yet. i mean how deep into judo are you right yeah, that yeah. really matters right and right how proficient are you are you doing rendori mm-hmm. that's another question you right, know, does right. your sensei even teach grip fighting right that's a whole nother story mm-hmm. learning grip fighting takes a long time yeah right yeah can you get proficient with just two-handed judo locked up yeah but if you go compete in a high level tournament or something people are not going to give you two hands on ever right right they're not just going to give you what you want right right because it's a zero-sum game in that sense. Mm-hmm. Right? So in my dojo, I do teach mm-hmm. grip fighting. Uh, when I teach the entire class, mm-hmm. that's a little bit different than if I'm teaching one-to-one with someone, mm-hmm. which is a much more catered and differentiated instruction for that specific person. Uh-huh. Right? But if you're new in the room and then there's 30 people already there that's been with me for a long time, I'm right. not really teaching to that white belt. Maybe right, I'll right. give him two comments. Maybe I'll give him whatever it is. Maybe I'll pair them up with someone who's a black belt who can sort of show them the fundamentals. Uh-huh. Right. But I'm not like proactively saying like I need to teach this person gripping. Right, 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 right. I see. Yeah. So, so it really depends where they are in, mm-hmm. in the journey. And then the the combinations you you want to you don't want to put disjoint throws together it's not just random it has to be like follow each other yeah follow each other yeah because a lot of the times one technique that's why i like these complimentary throws of forward and back because if Mm. i go backwards for ochi there's a chance you're going to lean back into me that's going to open up this side right if i'm turning this direction to my left dominant side right this Mm. direction and then you resist in the opposite direction it's going to open up my weak side attack Mm -hmm. right and if you're recovering from this weak side attack right now i could go Forward mm-hmm. attack, right so that's i think is a nice way and people go crazy about like i want to learn taya i want to learn tayo i want to learn harai or whatever mm-hmm. it is but they're all essentially similar in the same it's unpopular right. opinion right but like they're all essentially the same the footwork is very similar you don't need to work right, you know, right. Ten thousand hours on tayo ten thousand hours on harai ten thousand hours on uchimata ten thousand you don't need to because right. they're all similar the movements are similar right the entry and the timing is all similar because mm-hmm. you're turning to the dominant side. Yeah, yeah. So you could all bundle that whole thing together. Learn mm-hmm. that, learn weak side, learn back side. Right? I see. Understand right. the position, winning and losing, uh-huh. right? And now you want to be able to attack from winning position, but you want to be able to do your new system, another sort of systematic approach of when you're losing position, when you're mm-hmm. getting outgripped right versus right, or right. when you're getting outgripped right versus left. I see. What does that even look like has to be the first question, mm-hmm. right? Someone comes over my back. I have the low on the lapel. I can't turn anymore. Mm. I can't influence his posture. If I go Ochi, he controls my posture more so he could counter my Ochi. My back attack's a lot easier, mm-hmm. right? So he shut down my turn throw and my back attack, my mm. forward and the back attacks. Do I go weak side? Yeah, weak side techniques are weak for a reason. Right, right. Right? So it's like he's ready for this. So what do you do there, right? Mm. Having two or three bailout attacks. How I do you see. get out of this, right? So having a system from weak side position, right versus right, right versus left. That's sort of the next step, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is like when judo gets really fun. Like you, yeah. it's like a problem solving, not just like rote practice, I guess. Yeah. 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 And so now you have that, right? Yeah. Now you're on the giving side of it. Mm. Peter, you got two hands on, right? Hand comes over the top and he's yeah. kicking the shit, snapping you down, going to Soto, right? He's being a dick, <laughs> right? 
And Which, now it's like, yeah, the guy's uncomfortable. He's going to uh, go for a bailout attack, right? right. Drop Sayanagi, Sumi, or Tomonagi. Because he mm-hmm. wants to transition to the ground because he's about to get bombed. Yeah, right? yeah. Or you could fake that and then get out of it or strip the hand or mm. gain a little advantage or position or look to counter one of your dominant throws. Right, right. Do you have a counter? Yes, no, maybe. Mm. No. Okay, let's abandon that idea. Right, right, right. Can you escape Peter's wrath of just being dominant position, just coming after you like a savage dog? Mm. Uh, you know, you're maybe a little bit not as experienced. Mm. No. So, okay, so best bet, Tomonagi or Dropsanagi. But Peter right. knows this too, right? Uh. So as they're dra- dropping to the ground... Peter has a set of transitional Nawaza attacks. Right, right. Drop Sanagi, going for the loop choke right away, uh, right? Yep. Sumi Gaeshi, uh, right? Split the legs over on the pass pin. Uh, so it's like right? you're looking for your, the gaps in your system and try to fill them at, at this yeah. point, yeah. Once you can recognize, like, yeah. and then this is the thing. Someone you're going against is just a great athlete and has, has no right. system. They're just a super athlete. They're just going. They're flying. They put two heads on. And they can just right. turn and throw somebody because they're big, strong, and fast and powerful. Yeah. Right? Okay. Now you have to really focus on gripping. Now, yeah. Now, yeah. Shut yeah. them down. Don't let them get two hands on because they're too powerful in there. Right? Mm. And that should be your entire system. So it's shut like- Shut them down. Shut them down. Yeah. So it's more like you. the gaps in your judo system will kind of- lead you through these different areas like oh you now yeah. different positions and now you get to the grip fighting stage when yeah like someone can't it's, yeah like someone who's that athletic can't be just simply thrown with the with different situations you have to get there yeah 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 so you could filter people in based on like how you feel right and then right. If I'm doing judo with someone completely new mm-hmm. and they're not like a freak athlete or something like this, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, I don't really know them. We have similar body style types, yeah. right? similar weight and all this stuff. I'm going to take the first minute to kind of try to figure out what this guy's going to do, right? Mm-hmm. First point of contact, like, does this guy know how to grip really well? Mm-hmm. Right? Which lead hand, lead, you know, arm? Uh, does he prefer one side to the other side? Does he have a weak side, one-off attack? Mm-hmm. All these things I'm collecting information. And as he's showing me a couple of moves, I'm like, okay. This is what it looks like. Right, right, right. And then every time I outgrip him, what does he do? If he does two drop Sanagis in a row, you're going to gonna... guarantee that he's probably going to go for the third one. And uh-huh. that's, I'm going to strangle him. Yeah. Right? I'm ready for that. Mm. Right? He's not going to see it coming, right? Because mm. I'm not going to give it up. I'm right. Gonna let him drop. Uh-huh. Okay. He does drop Sanagi. Let's see if he does it again. Dominant. Boom. Over the back. Faking Tayo, whatever it is. He drops yeah. Sanagi again. I don't even go try to force Nawaza. Give him, like, letting them be comfortable with this. Mm. so now he thinks to himself like every time I lose gripping I feel like Shintaro's about to throw me with Osoto or something mm. if I go drop Sanagi I can escape this mm. right third time he's like confidently goes for Sanagi yeah and then I'm already stra- I'm, uh, you know right you're halfway there already yeah. yeah so that's kind of the idea right 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 so the recognizing patterns mm-hmm. so now it, it, you've kind of moved on to uh like your judo is not just like a physical, uh, just a physical activity. You get it now. You have to use your brain to like recognize these patterns and try to adjust yeah. your own system. Yeah, you don't yeah. have to though. This is the thing. You can uh. be big, strong, athletic, and you don't have to do any of this stuff. You just go <laughs> put your two hands on and just start ripping and roaring. That's, that's how that's a lot nice. of people have done it. Yeah, and that's nice if you could <laughs> yeah. do it. Yeah. Right, but first of all, no one's gonna want to work out with you. Right, right. <laughs> right. Second yeah. of all, if you find find someone and work out with someone just as big, strong, and athletic as you, 
this sort of intelligent system is going to beat that. Right, right. Right. And the idea is like, oh, technique and mind overcome strength and power. It's like, depends on what varying degree. To a degree, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and I always like to use this example. Like if you put a gi on a silverback gorilla, can you out grip them and out maneuver them? (laughs) No, you can't. I can't. I know I can't, you know? Right. I'll be that. That's that would be a disaster. Like anyone yeah. try to do that. <laughs> yeah, I mean maybe Teddy Renner can, but yeah. you know, not me. You know? <laughs> right? yeah. So there's a certain level of that uh, physicality that that right. really does matter, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, you know, like twelve year old judo champs, they can't throw, you know, twenty five year old adult a lot yeah. of the times. Yeah, know, most of the time, right? Depends. Mm-hmm. You know, depends. Right? I, yeah. So yeah, that is uh, very important. Mm-hmm. I think you know create that system and right. right so then now you we got so you gone through the whole process now you're like filling the gaps and like grip fighting strategy and then you're now even like adjusting your own system uh yeah. to different people so then that's when you would you say that's when like your system is in place and then evolving and whatnot anything well, else so the that, system has to yeah. evolve always right right i always develop my style well so my style changed many you know over the mm-hmm. course of the years many times i used to do a lot of drop senagi a lot of right. you know low lapel stuff but then i realized like i was having a lot of elbow pain uh uh-huh. you know so i had to kind of abandon a little bit of that morote stuff right 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 so it was ever evolving and you know there's other aspects of this building your system too right mm-hmm. now we have to talk about grip fighting now we have to do one-handed judo mm-hmm. right because as you're fighting for grips, you put one hand on, right? And now maybe you take the initiative, you have an advantage. Now you could attack off that one hand mm-hmm. while you're trying to put the second hand on, right? And that's an entire system in itself, mm-hmm. right? Right. So you have to kind of develop that. And maybe you don't have that at all, mm-hmm. right? So if you have that idea, like you got to sort of go with that idea to be like, okay, I want to be able to attack off one hand mm-hmm. like you have. Right? You have that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know got to constantly evolve and constantly make things better because now all of a sudden you're going against a Russian guy that comes over the back to Georgian, mm-hmm. Georgian style. We talked a little bit about Georgian, yeah. right? How do you encounter that? Do you just never let him get it? Right, right. Right? If we bow, we're about to do a Vandori of 10 minutes and the entire 10 minutes, he's just trying to come over the opposite shoulder, just coming over the opposite shoulder over and over. He's going to get there right. eventually. Yeah. Right? If you look at an exchange of maybe 20 to 30 seconds a piece where, you know, we go through our motions someone goes for a technique goes to the niwaza mm-hmm. and then right if we look at that one exchange and we look at a 10 minute session you know you get 20 exchanges out of how many of those can you realistically outgrip the person every time in dominant position right right if you say okay let's say evenly skilled 50 percent of the time right so now you're in this losing georgian position mm-hmm. 10 times for 20 seconds at a time right 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 so that's like that close range judo. Uh-huh. With Georgian, there's Georgian A and Georgian B, the person having the Georgian grip and the person receiving the Georgian grip. Right, right. And there's a system for both, both. sides of this. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So do you know that system well? So now you kind of have to develop that just in case, right? Mm-hmm. So now you have these little levers of like, all right, first, I have to get really good at gripping to prevent the Georgian. Mm-hmm. All right, so now you're only giving Georgian A to this guy 25% of the time. Right, right. 25% of the time, let's just say in a 10-minute match, that's like five times, mm. right? 
So now all of a sudden, out of those five times, maybe I just bail out twice. Tomonage mm-hmm. or whatever it is, drop Sayanagi. Good. So now he only has two or three opportunities to really throw me. Mm-hmm. Right? Right, right. And now maybe I have a counter in there. Maybe I don't have a counter in there. Who knows? Yeah. So now you're sort of creating this system based on how to fight this one person. Yeah. So, I, right? I, so it's not just your system, right? It's based on this guy's style. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have some people saying like never adjust to anybody's style or never play to anyone's Force ideas. your system onto, onto them kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, but it's like, okay, do you even know what the other person's doing though? Right. You, know, you got to know, right? You have yeah. to at least know to be able to shut certain things down. Right. Know? So you can't be saying that stuff in those isms if you have no clue what's uh, actually going on. Right. That's I, not right. I think um, I think that's a good point. Like it, it you're... Judo system has to be grounded to like realistic situations. Yeah. Like, yeah, like you know the you can't just develop a you know counter Georgian system. Yeah, without actually playing someone who does the Georgian style judo. Yeah, right. Yeah, for years, man, it was yeah. just like someone comes over the back for Georgian. I would just yeah. try to hug him close and dump him straight back because I right. assumed that they were gonna go Uchi or Soto or something like this. Right. 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 And that worked well for me because I know relatively how to grip and I try to, uh, mm-hmm. you know, not be in that position. Right. But fighting in that way led me to not be good at receiving Georgian, like Georgian B, mm. right, as I like to call it. Like, I'm not that good at it. So now I'm like kind of trying to explore that. Mm. So I'm still trying to develop my own system right. in that area. And, right, right. Right. So it's ever evolving. You know, it's never stops. Mm-hmm. So right. how... <laughs> So it's one, a sickness. Yeah. <laughs> so one key to that is like you have to find people with different different styles. And yeah, why? How do you? I know, like it, uh, in New York, like your your dojo. You know, yeah. we we are fortunate enough to receive a lot of guests. You know, mm. so, yeah. who have different styles and whatnot. And we have a, a decent. We I think in New York City because of how because how diverse the city is like we get a lot of different styles anyway but how would you is do you think there's a way to kind of compensate for that when you're not your dojo is not in that kind of situation just to see a lot of different styles yeah i think uh the beauty of youtube now right Mm -hmm. and i talk about like learning judo on youtube and stuff right but if you're an average practitioner of like white yellow green belt Mm -hmm. it's gonna be tough right because you don't know what you're looking at you don't know you don't know Right, you don't know where the gaps are. You don't know what's being left mm. out. For instance, like grip fighting precursors are very boring. A lot of people don't even cover that in their instructionals. Right, right, right. Because you know a lot of what's YouTube's whole purpose a lot of times is to get views. Right, that's how mm. we get compensated by getting right. views. Right. So the person, it's not in their best interest to put up some very technical, boring stuff because mm. no one's going to watch it, and then the YouTuber or the content creator doesn't get rewarded. Right, right. So. It takes a very smart and an intelligent eye, mm-hmm. right? a, a perspective to be able to sift through some of the stuff and make sense of a lot of this stuff. Mm. But your sensei is sensei is for a reason. Mm. So if you're in a dojo in the middle of nowhere and you mm. don't have guests from Georgia, you don't have guests from in Mongolia, mm-hmm. right? Um, then sometimes you have to ask your sensei, like, hey, can you check out this system mm-hmm. and then teach it to me? Like that's, that's what I think it's a great approach. Mm. And if you have a, a sensei that's kind of proactively always liking to learn and involve themselves, mm-hmm. right? Now those people mm-hmm. have access to all this stuff, mm-hmm. right? right? And then they can learn it, they could teach it. 
Yeah. And then they can. You could teach any system. Right. If you go slow enough, if you go slow enough, gentle mm -hmm. enough. The problem with this, like, you know, with progressive overload and the weightlifting, like, mm -hmm. if you make it too easy, you're not going to grow. If you make it too hard, you might get injured, right? You right, need right. Just the right amount of stimulus to grow muscle, grow tendon strength, all right. that stuff. Same thing with judo, right? If you go too hard, too fast, someone's going to get injured. Mm -hmm. If you go too slow, no one's going to learn anything. It's going to be super boring. Right. What's the point, right? So the sensei has to be tuned into this stuff. Sensei has to watch all this stuff and then make sense of it. Right, right. right. Uh, coming from a guy that doesn't really watch instructional ah. stuff. You know? <laughs> like sometimes I will, but not so much, you know. But you watch, you learn, yeah. and then you teach it right. in a safe way. And then mm. you have to be able to teach the person how to teach. Uh, teach the person how to learn. Yeah. Go slow, figure it out. And now you have a room where people are trying to figure out, you know, the Mongolian right. front uchimata right 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 or the greco-roman body lock uh and you can do it in a slow and safe controlled way yeah right and now it's like okay how do you defend this how do right. you misdirect how do i integrate this into stuff that i already know and how do i integrate this mm -hmm. to the judo that i already do right so right, and then your dojo grows and mm -hmm. evolves together yeah that's the idea right Everyone's but this is the problem together. too yeah if you're running a dojo with 200 students, like I was doing, and most of the time I, I'm worried about this or teaching staff that or mm. doing this and that and running it, you know, thinking about whatever I was thinking about, you don't have time to do this stuff. Right, you know? right. So right now I'm like exploring again uh -huh. some of these ideas and it's great. Nice, nice. You know, because of the pandemic. The, the, <laughs> so the, I think... Uh, uh, a good case study might be you teaching Luca. I don't know mm. if, if he, I, I kind of forget if he actually, he's Georgian. I, he's been yeah. on your yeah. videos and we talked about it a lot. But very talented, athletic yeah. judoka. Um, does he do a lot of uh, Georgian style? Like I've been himself? teaching him. Yeah, teaching yeah. That's him. like yeah. a, because that's great because you're not mm. uh, naturally, you don't really use Georgian style no. judo. It's not really mine. I'm right. also short, so right. it's not, it doesn't really behoove me to go over someone's shoulder. Right, right. Maybe, uh, but he's got two systems really tight, tightly down now. It's really yeah. starting to take shape, mm. and he does so right versus right, mm. right, left hand on the lapel pulse because mm. left hand is your gr grabbing hand first, right? right? right. So you want to grab sleeve option A, can't mm. grab the sleeve lapel option B, right? While right. you're protecting with the right hand here, right? Mm. We know this. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So commonly you see. Left hand post, left hand post in a right versus right setting. Right, right. Uh, sorry for being too tech. No one's going to listen to this now. But like, right? So commonly, you're in that position. Uh, and Gary St. Leisure used to uh, do this pretty good. Right? Uh, he would go sode here. Go sode, sode. Right. All right. So lapel, lapel. Sode, right. Sode, right. Sode, osoto. Sode, osoto. And then if the person defends by bringing the elbow down, they go over the back, the shoulder here. Right? Uh, so now they have two hands on. They over the back. Go switch to the sleeve. That's a system that Gary does really well. Mm-hmm. And back in the day, Gary would go Katagruma from there to the weak side. Right, right, right. Right? And then dominant position is Sasai, Bakouchi, Osoto Sode. Gary had a phenomenal system. It was mm. tight. It was tight. Mm. It was amazing. I used to watch it be like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Right? So I was showing Lucas some of this stuff, and he really likes it. Oh, he likes Gary's style. Yeah, nice. that, that sort of system. Right, right. right. Like, Gary, it's not specific only to Gary. Gary right. did it really well. And right. that's just an example, right? Mm. So he would be in that position, and as he's going for that sode, the elbow goes. Instead of going over this shoulder, he goes over the opposite shoulder. Uh, now he gets the Georgian. Georgian, yeah. 
Yeah, I don't want to give up too much of his stuff, but uh, you know, he's pretty good at it. So so he goes, Sode Sode Georgian, Sode Sode over the back, right? Uh, he goes, Sode Sode, sometimes the Soto, sometimes the Uchi, mm. right? He has one hand on, he mm. goes, he has one hand, Iponse Nagi, and snap down into the Georgian. Mm. So now he has a one-handed judo system. Mm-hmm. He has a Georgian system, mm-hmm. right? He has a two getting the second hand on situation, mm-hmm. and he has a sode, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and he has a drop sumigaish mm-hmm. situation, yeah. Right? And he could alternate, so one hand judo system, two hand judo system, Georgian. He has two system that filters into the Georgian, right? And he knows that position pretty well now. Right, that's right? great. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. That's like three different systems put together in one. You know, and he's a bravo. He's way ahead of the game. And he's only been doing judo for like three years. Man, he, I don't know because now if it sounds like he kind of, he's like maturing into his own system because when I, he has his own style, now. Even, he has his own system. Even last yeah. year when I was there, I, when I was playing him, when he was kind of, yeah. I, I saw him when he was developing his own style and then I could, you know, help hold him off through my style, but I don't know yeah. now. I think like if you put him in the room from last year, yeah, pre-pandemic, yeah, Luca now, yeah, I think he'd destroy ninety percent of the people in that room. Yeah, destroy them. Yeah, which is it's, insane. Which is insane. So then, as a sensei, you know, who doesn't really usually do Georgian, how did you, uh, how did you teach yourself the Georgian enough to teach uh, Luca? I still don't really do Georgian right. stuff. I'll do the receiving Georgian. Mm-hmm. So if you do Georgian on me. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's the unique thing about the Georgian B. Mm-hmm. Right, because you can't really force Georgian B if the person doesn't go over your shoulder for right. Georgian A. Right, right. And if, to be clear, there's Georgian A and Georgian B because if I go over the shoulder, mm-hmm. right, I have the Georgian grip. The person receiving the Georgian grip is Georgian B. That's what right. I'm referring to. When right, right. I'm saying that. Right. Yeah. So because people go for it, and because Lucas started doing a lot of it, mm-hmm. I started exploring it a little bit more. Mm. Right. So as my Georgian B gets got, better. Luca's Georgian A has get, to get better. Right. So like we're kind of constantly forcing each other to get better in that way. I see. Right. He's yet to throw me with a Georgian Harimakomi or something. Mm-hmm. But it, the day is coming. Mm-hmm. Day is coming. <laughs> he'll be. Yeah. He'll be excited for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm gonna hold off for as long as possible. Maybe it's five years from now. Maybe it's next week. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so if you're listening, Luca, bring it. Uh, so you you guys you guys form this like feedback loop like you know get making yeah even if you even though you're a sensei you're still learning from your student you know that's a good oh good yeah absolutely activity. yeah you know and sometimes uh, when he has a georgian it's like sensei what do i do with this or that mm. and if i don't have an answer to it mm. uh, i try i try always my best to be like all right let me think about it for mm. a little bit you know like, or, right uh, be clear with like, I don't really have an answer to that. It's not something that I do, mm. you know, because all too commonly, it's very easy to pretend like, you know, and be like, yeah, you just go like that. Right, right. Right. And sometimes I do have sort of a semi answer, like a pseudo answer. It's like, yeah. oh, I think you go like this. But like, that's not going to help anybody. Right. Right. So I try when he, you know, has good questions like this to go home and think about it. Mm-hmm. Give it some thought, mostly on like my drive home or something. Mm-hmm. Right, and then it, it you know helps me get better, helps him get better. Right, and yeah, it's it, this sort of time where it's like I have very close, right. And George is another one like that too, mm. right? Um, to be able to really be in it with an athlete and talk mm. to them about these ideas and right, mm. that's such a special time. 
George yeah. is another one that's very cerebral too. He always asks questions and he always tries to improve his system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. He's he has his own unique style. Yeah, yeah. But this is a thing. There's a difference with Luca and George, right? Mm. Luca is do right. He just goes for it. Right, right. No fear. Just go yeah. for it. Don't care about the other person's leg. He'll go for it. Yeah. You know? Just go for it. Uh-huh. Right? He'll watch YouTube and try it. Yeah. Watch YouTube, try it. Ripping and roaring. Always, yeah. right? He's very dangerous. George is kind of the opposite, right? Uh-huh. Luca really always tries the craziest stuff. George is always thinking system. So they're kind of like mm. on the opposite sides of the spectrum. Mm. But well, Luca had this like sort of reckless, unrelenting method of just like, Pick and choosing and just going at it. Mm. And all of a sudden, like little by little, I was able to shape these things. Mm. Not I, but you know, him too, right? Yeah. He's a very sm- he's a smart kid. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this system flourished. Mm-hmm. Right. And now we're like putting it on the forefront of his mind and saying, This is what you're doing. Like right. this is the whole system, right? Like refine it, clean it up, refine it, clean mm. it up. So yeah, he is like crazy projectile upwards right now. Nice. Know? I'm very, very excited about him. Yeah, uh-huh. and he's dedicated. Yeah, so that that's always a huge plus, and he's strong and athletic. Yeah, right? that helps too. Yeah, and all the right pieces have to come together. Yeah, I, right? I'm excited to see him. Like you know, going to the nationals, and you know, hopefully he wants to yeah. he wants to compete internationally, right? Yeah. Eventually, yeah. yeah, I think so. I hope so. Yeah. You know, I mean, not that I hope so. I like I hope. Yeah, he knows what he wants, and I could help him get there if he right. wants it. You know, uh, I don't want to be like, oh, this is going to be my guy and I'm going to try <laughs> to make him do this and that. Yeah. No, if he wants it, he could have it. Right. And that's sort of the mentality that I always have Yeah. for my athletes. Nice. Yeah. yeah. All right. So switching gears a little bit. So we we also touched this a little bit, but, you know, you when you injured yourself or when your elbow started hurting, you changed your system a little bit. And a I, little bit, yeah. I've, I've had a couple of injuries that are, uh, you know, and I also, you know, changed my, adjusted my system a little bit too, mm. to compensate. So I think injuries and even more broadly, body types also influence your system. Definitely. So, you know, any, let's kind of discuss how one can be, you know, cognizant of that and then in shaping the system. So maybe we'll start with body shapes maybe first and then go into injuries. Yeah, body shapes, you know, so if you're a shorter athlete going mm. over the back, a little bit tougher because you're a little bit more extended back right. region upwards, right? Going for the Georgian, right? Mm. There's going to be a lot of space and extension over here in the lat area. Right. As opposed to if I'm doing Georgian on someone much smaller, right? I'm reaching down here. So I right. can really close off of this lat. Mm. And, you know, we all know limbs closer to the body are stronger, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, based on that, obviously, Uchimata Harai Goshi, right? Things that require you to attack from a a longer range Mm. are going to be a little bit more difficult for shorter athletes. Mm. So, you know, in the simplest of senses, right? If you took, let's just look at right side versus left side, tall versus short. Mm. Tall person posts, long Mm. post, long sleeve, shoulder turn, and then going for a far side of soda or something. Like, Mm. that's really safe. You have Mm. created this really long frame here. Right, Right, right. With that post in hand, turn the shoulder. Right, that's sort of a system that you want. Mm. If I'm finding much someone taller, and if I have close range judo, right, when we get hip to hip, my hips naturally going to be lower than the other person. Right, so the lifting, urunage, all that stuff is going to be beneficial mm. for me, the shorter person. Right. So really thinking about those things kind of matter. Mm. Right. Nice, nice. So yeah. then, so ba- you you developed your own style based on your body type, but then say 
so you, it happened to you. You're, you're doing a lot of because you're in a, a heavier weight class, and then yeah. uh, a lot of people were tall than you, so you develop a lot of yeah. drop serenades, drop attacks. Yeah. But your elbow started hurting. And yeah. So what I what kinda did you do to compensate? In, yeah. Kinda and sort of right. So this is a problem with a lot of the times when you're fighting in a heavier division. Mm. Maybe your dojo doesn't have that many heavyweights. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was sort of my case. Right. right? I see. I'm five nine. You know, at the time growing up, I was like 210, 220. Mm. You know, I was a pudgy little kid. And then even as an adult, I was a pudgy little adult. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I was doing a lot of drop Sanagi Morote stuff mm. because I'm going against guys in the dojo who are, you know, slightly lower than me in weight, mm. probably like 180 to 200 region. Mm. And they're probably around my height. Mm. So, in order to get below them for Sanagi, I had to drop to my knees and do Morote Sanagi. Right, right. Right, but when I encountered a lot of these bigger guys in competition at the heavyweight two twenty mm. hundred kilo division, they're significantly taller than me. Mm. So there was kind of a gap in how I was training in in the dojo mm. versus like what kind of uh, people that I were fighting in competition. Right, right. Like mainly height. Mm. So if I'm working on these drop sanagis in the dojo, and it was kind of the right difference of me dropping mm. below the person and now all of a sudden there's a lot more space between me and the mm. taller person right it causes sort of a like i said a discrepancy mm. and it was kind of i had to take time to overcome that i see you know and when i hurt my elbow uh like i couldn't really go for a lot of the morote drop sanagi so i abandoned the drop sanagi style in practice i was like i just couldn't do it uh. so doing ipon sanagi a little bit more and i was like i have to learn how to go over the top and go uchimana and turn throw Mm. So I took a lot of time uh, learning this. And Mr. Matsumura, my father's yeah. kohai from Kukushka, yeah. you know, would come in and teach me his Uchimata because he was good at that. Yeah. Right? And I, I would spend time and time again just doing Uchimata on, on my dojo guys who were very similar to me in height. Mm. When I went to a tournament and then I'm fighting guys 6'2", 6'3", mm. I couldn't do any of it because I was much shorter than the person. Right, right. It just didn't work, uh, right? From And I just couldn't figure out why. And uh, now in hindsight, it's so obvious, right? I would love to give yeah. my 15-year-old self a call and be like, dude, right? But, you know, no one really... My father wasn't like that kind of an instructor where he was like in right. my face teaching me uh, everything. He just like be in the dojo, spend time in the dojo, and, mm. you know, you'll learn on your own. And, mm. you know, that's how he sort of he learned develop yeah. a love yeah. for the sport right just yeah. like figure it out love it just yeah. come to the dojo just have a good time essentially yeah you know yeah. you just have to be there yeah yeah right and uh you know he's very different teaching style than me uh-huh but yeah so it took me a while to figure some of this stuff out i see i see yeah. did you end up yeah. doing a lot of chimatas uh in competition too not not at 100 not, not at 100 kilos I it see. just never worked for me i see yeah. And before too, like pre like leg grab band and stuff like that, every time I got out gripped, I'd drop in on a leg and shoot because I was a great wrestler. Not right. not a great wrestler, but I was a good wrestler, right? Right, right. I was in college. So yeah, that got taken away mm. and there was a lot of problems there. So a lot of my problems, I would say, a lot of my resistance to getting to that next level, and I got pretty decently far but yeah uh had a lot to do with me sort of being in the wrong division the wrong weight class not mm. being able to account for those differences in body types mm. you know from early on right so if you sort of look at my judo from when i was like 18 19 years old mm. right you could probably visualize drop sanagi person in the dojo mm. right over the back uchimata person mm. now i compete in a tournament that in 220 internationally mm. i'm dropping too low mm. 
and all my Uchimata and Harai stuff from the over the back is not there. Right, right. right. People are much taller. They're much better than me at gripping. Every mm. time I got out gripped, I used to be able to shooting on the legs. Now I can't shoot on the legs. Oh man. And my Nawaza sucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. How do you become like how do you right? So I'm going yeah. to these international events, right? Yeah. And this is not like in the US, hundreds wasn't, you know, very strong at the time. Mm. Uh internationally, you know, I had some success. Right, right. Right. But it wasn't I wasn't good enough at the time uh, to make it uh-huh. in that division. Right. Right. Yeah. How would you have uh Hypothetically, how now you know knowing what you know now, how would you have changed your style or your system? I mean, knowing what I know now, if I were to go back and coach myself, yeah, right at two twenty, uh. I would do a lot more one-handed Korean Sanagi stuff. Uh. But I didn't know Korean Sanagi back then. Right. No one did. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? The only recently in the last like five ten years that these Koreans started doing tons of mm-hmm. Korean Sanagi. They're like, right. What is that? And it's been refined and refined yeah. and refined. Koreans really mastered that sort of idea, uh, right? And now they're teaching it in the Japanese system too. Yeah, I've seen you know? some Japanese players do it. Yeah, yeah. So now it's like if I could teach myself that was going to be mm. fighting in two twenty as a shorter athlete, mm. I would develop an entire system based on that. Like one handed, one handed judo. Yeah, yeah one handed judo of like Ipon Sanagi, Korean Sanagi, Ipon Sanagi, Korean Sanagi, both directions, mm. right? A little bit more sode, mm. and then outgripped Tomonage mm. bailout attacks for the shorter person, right? Mm. So that would be, yeah, I wouldn't even, I don't know if I would even teach myself Uchimana for, mm. and you know, I'm very limited mobility too. Like I'm not flexible at all. And, oh, and you have to, you have to be able to kick high in like at international stage, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah you gotta get, you gotta get your leg a little bit high. And yeah. the thing is like in ballet, it's called the arabesque. And oh, I had yeah. a little ballet in my day. Oh, right? yeah. You know the arabesque when you have that thing with the leg up in the air? I had the lowest arabesque in the room. Like, I just, my leg just doesn't go up that high. Uh-huh. So it's like, based on, you know, mobility restriction, thing like this, like my uchimana is not. Right. It's like, not all that. Because it, it, at, at that stage, you need everything, right? You know, every bit of advantage yeah. you can get. Yeah. So, right. so in that, I needed to create yeah. a Fosbury flop. That's what I needed. Right. Well, so for those uh, for those who don't know about the Fosbury flop, can you describe what happened, what it is, yeah, and what so happened? Back in the day, right, this is very common knowledge, right? You can yeah. uh, YouTube this stuff too. This guy Dick Fosbury was an mm-hmm. Olympic athlete, mm-hmm. uh, the high jump, high jump, yeah, right? and came up with this idea to jump over the high jump backwards. It's so, crazy. So Back before day, before yeah. him, everyone was jumping forward. That's right. Yeah. The golden standard was belly down, uh-huh. right? You like run up and then go down right. over head first, mm. right? Or you go do a scissor jump where you go legs up and oh, then you kick oh. scissors up this way, uh-huh. right? No one ever thought to go back first, head first like this, right? right? right. So this guy, Dick Fosbury, goes, I'm going to go backwards. People are like, what the hell? Like, this yeah. is already a proven system. We've been doing high jump for God knows how long. Like, it's so dumb. Mm. And now it's the gold standard. He did it. He won the Olympics. And everyone's like, oh, my God, you could jump so much higher once you go backwards. Uh-huh. Right? Now so, everyone does it. Well, so now everyone does it. Yeah. yeah. So you kind of need to create like a Korean, you know, like a Cabarelli. You ever heard of that? No. What, what's the, Which one is that? The Cabarelli is a throw from the Georgian grip. Uh. Georgian. And then you grab the belt and then you lift him onto your stomach and do like a Uranake. Oh, okay, 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 okay. And it's named after this guy called Cabarelli. His name is Cabarelli. Right. 
something like that, right? So creating your own version of the Fosbury flop, right? This uh. is very, very, very last, right? So right. fundamental standard judo, right? Mm. Influence, systems, all the stuff that's already sort of out there and then uh. creating your own to kind of completely change the game. Right. You're, you're a champion then, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. And then, then yeah. You, you got something going, right? Right. It's a throw named after you. Don't name that for you. Something completely different. People right. are always inventing. Mm. That's good right? stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, so that's how you sort of develop your own judo, I think. So, I hope so, I... Yeah, I think it's a great way to end it. Like, so start from the fundamentals. Yeah. Fundamental positions and yeah. add different positions and which, and also, which also includes grip fighting and then yeah. adjust to your, your body type, your opponent's body type and to top it off find your Fosbury flap yeah that's yeah. very last yeah yeah <laughs> cool yeah so this, interesting right yeah very interesting and you yeah. know this is a lifelong journey it's like Shintaro said your system will evolve it has to evolve yeah. all the time that's I think yeah. yeah so uh to any parting words to the listeners uh no you know watch my youtube channel follow me on instagram you could message me if you catch me on the right day over right <laughs> you know uh <clears throat> Yeah, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Peter, for doing this as usual. And, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. yeah, hope to watch some of your amazing judo throws on yeah. somewhere in the future. Uh, and yeah, that's I right. I will try to copy it and try it <laughs> and integrate it into my own judo. So yeah, right, we're all trying to make each other better here, right? That's right. The feedback yeah. loop as a community. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys, and then I'll we'll see you guys in the next episode.